So Eric is wearing his dungeon dungeon master hat. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> D&D. Is that a Wizards on the Coast thing? Uh, the hat, yes, is Wizards on the Coast. Yeah. So let's try, actually, just real quick before we get too much into it. Uh, Johnny, what, what's the basic outline? You kind of saw a text of it. I did see Do you have text. a preference on that at all, Eric? I want to do it in reverse order. So it makes no Honestly, sense. Honestly, that works. <laughs> I want you to explain your whole world, and then how to DM, and then the basic idiot, and then say who you are. Fair warning, I have coronavirus right now, <laughs> so my voice sounds amazing, way deep, and like, sensual, but well, that's how it everyone in here like. is going to die. Well, we're all going to die. It, everyone's going to die. Is it just going to happen sooner or later is the question. So the main thing is, uh, Jay thinks that storytelling... He wants to talk about your world faster than I do. That's my only. That's the only. Well, that's because Jay wants spoilers. That's yeah. why he wants to talk about it soon. Yeah, actually, honestly, this isn't even a podcast. It's all just rumors. <laughs> yeah, that's why you're Long recording time. it, so you Long can be like, time. "Hey, that's not what you said originally." <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have the evidence. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's all. It's all hearsay, Jay. It, it's not admissible in court because there's hearsay. no video with it. <laughs> Secretly recording the whole time. Oh crap! <laughs> That's why Johnny has his phone out. <laughs> it's not that I'm forgetting your name, Eric. You <laughs> uh, need to like wear a name tag. <laughs> Who was today's guest again? She's like, I mean, granted, you have called me several different names because of D and D, so <laughs> might be hard to remember uh, my real one. It was hard to remember some of your guys' real names <laughs> when we first my started. My name was legally Jambin for like four months. <laughs> Luckily, you, you came in solo, so it was much easier <laughs> to remember. Who do I got here, partner? But literally, I met Michael, uh, Chet, oh no, not Chess, it wasn't the very first time, but it was Michael, uh, Mason, Coleman, Mason, Coleman. and I guess that was it for the first time that night, <laughs> and I'd never even used their real name that entire night, so I was like, cool, I'm not going to remember your name, just so you know. <laughs> like, Michael Still, my phone is Mike Loktar. <laughs> Mike, Mike Loktar. Because I'm like, eh, I'm not changing it. <laughs> it makes sense. Uh, I know Kung Fu. Show me. Take your line. That's it. Record, record, delete, delete, <laughs> redo this. He stole that thing that I say. <laughs> I have Mom! It, I have it in my contract that I signed that I say, all right, nights. Yeah. Dude, I'm going to get you a shirt that just says, all right, nights. <laughs> my birthday is in May. Hint, hint. <laughs> uh, well, with oh, us today. Did you hear a uh, laughter? That's I heard, ours? I heard, I heard some slight knowledgeable laughter in the background we have a guest yeah we have a guest must be hearing right. things <laughs> yeah we're, we're technically guests in his domain oh. all the time all right i guess i'll do the introduction yeah uh, do the this introduction. is uh, the master of dungeons eric dude we don't not everyone is called a master like <laughs> oh sorry <laughs> that's just us it's really not a so wait, he's could... a dungeon master i guess oh. actually you know what you're right you're right but but you better stop this with our other friends I keep calling our friend Chris the master of metal music. That's yeah. not him. 
No, no, no. Uh, and then the other one, the Master of Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow. All right. Well, this this ruins everything. So welcome, Dungeon Master Eric. Hey. That doesn't sound right. That's me. That really is our Dungeon Master that we've known for several years, Eric. Yeah. Boop, boop. So let's let's go into how we met him. Johnny, how'd you meet Eric? Um, Craigslist. Oh wait. Uh, I actually met hey, you him. You weren't going to talk about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a side project. Never mind. We'll, we'll that was the that. first time we met. Podcast <laughs> that was outside hours. of DD. You guys were wearing masks, so you're not even sure if it was really you. It's true. It's true. That's how we like to do it. Man, this is getting this is getting real weird already. <laughs> it only took three minutes. <laughs> well, it always gets weird around me, so it's fine. It's fine. Um, so I met him through UJ. Yeah. And our friend Chris. Mostly through Chris. Yeah, mostly through Chris. I, I'll, I'll leave you in the middle. Because <laughs> first, I was to 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 be fair, I was very hesitant to commit time to D anD D. I've always wanted to play D anD D, but I just was like, ah, I never had friends that wanted to play. I can commit time, and you guys have been playing for about a year. Yeah. And you kept telling me to do it, and then one day I finally did. Our friend Ches ran a one shot, which means it's just a one time game. I did that, and I had so much fun, and I met Eric, and I'm like, this guy's all right. You guess was that your first game? Yeah, it was a, a one shot. Really? Yeah, that was the first time I ever wow. played. I, I feel totally like that's forgot wrong. That. <laughs> I feel like I feel like the first time you played was when Jamin showed up with shirtless for some. No, reason. that was just me introducing myself <laughs> to the party. Eric said it's part of our hazing ritual is you have to come in cosplay as your character mm-hmm. down to the basement where we play. Mm-hmm. And I was a barbarian, so naturally unarmed, yeah. so I wasn't just wearing a shirt. For those shirtless. who don't don't play D anD D, barbarians typically don't wear armor. Or shirts. One cloth. Yeah. Just run around. <laughs> right, Eric, you're the, you're the, you've got the most experience I mean, with it, it's up to how you want to play your character. But for the stereotypical barbarian, yes, you would. You would consider they, they do not wear shirts, or at least they wear just like a leather jerkin. Nice. nice. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what a jerkin is. Do you mind just quickly? It's just like a scrap of cloth, essentially. Okay, it's like, like a loincloth. Yeah, kind of. We'll okay. call it that. We're getting technical. Close enough. This is how it usually goes. Eric says some fancy D&D word, and I'm like, oh, you see me like this? And he's like, whatever. Well, yeah, and then somebody questions me, and I'm like, is that what it means? Am I right? <laughs> Have I actually heard that word in the correct usage before? <laughs> so how did you how did you meet him? Okay, so Eric and I met at a car wash. Wait, what? Eric and I worked together oh, at a okay. car wash. It's like, it's like a love story. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. So it's funny. It's I had just... Time. I just served her like a, a mission for my church, and I'd come back. So I was not touchy. Like <laughs> I hadn't, I didn't, I don't know. I just wasn't. He really wasn't. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I was. I was not. One, I wasn't very touchy, and two, I wasn't like I wasn't very socially well integrated because all I talked about for a while was like religion stuff. Anyway, so Eric, the first time we meet, I get a job at a car wash. I, um, and Eric comes up and like puts his arm around me. Oh no, no, no. he linked arms with me like the Wizard sure of Oz. Did. Yeah, he linked arms with me like the Wizard of Oz, and I was like, "Get off me! What are you doing?" Yeah, you had a bit of a reaction to that. Yeah. Eric was like, was "What?" Fun. And from that moment, it was my goal to keep that reaction coming. <laughs> and I can attest, he has done that. It works. Well, so the first time, like I, I met Eric. Well, sort of met Eric. Like we had a team meeting with all everyone at the car wash. And I was like, man, this kid's kind of weird. Like, <laughs> you he kept saying right. snarky comments and all this other stuff. And they were just so out of left field. So I asked my younger brother, who'd worked with you for a couple years. <laughs> True. Ironically, both my brothers worked with Eric. Mm-hmm. Apparently, we've all worked at a car wash. No, but uh, Mitch was like, oh, you'll like Eric. Just uh, get to know him. <laughs> and then we became, and we've been friends ever since. So. True. It's yeah. True. I can't deny this. Got to thank Mitch for that. Eric and I used to detail cars for hours with all the other people we hated and Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about the car wash. That's a whole another no, can of worms. That's a podcast that will take like six years. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> uh, 
dude, I just got another job, and part of it is like financing for car washes. And so Chris is Ooh. like, "You've become the very thing you swore to destroy." <laughs> like, how dare you? Traitor. All right, so Eric, after about a year of cleaning cars with uh, me and Chris, he said, you guys should play Dungeons & Dragons with me one time. And we were like, no, nah, we're not playing D&D with you, dude. That's, yeah, you kept turning me down. That's weird. And so finally, <laughs> on finally, one day, we agreed to do it. We took, we brought Coleman and Mason with us. After a couple times, Chez was like, our other friend Chez was like, where are you guys going? And so we brought him to, came in like, he was grafted in like a vine so easily. Like, he came to it so well. Slid in through a waterfall. Yeah, he slid in through a waterfall, <laughs> tried to get in a fight with everyone, and yeah, why don't you just do a quick, uh, and then Johnny came in a year later, which we heard. I was going to say, like, uh, if, are you saying that I didn't come in very well? I mean, it did take me three years to learn how to play like, this yeah. I don't You know. came in great. You were shirtless, yeah, covered was, in bandages. I feel like everyone was just like, yeah, whatever, at that point. Like, when Chez came, everyone was like new dogs, trying to, like, figure out the game still, and like... <laughs> What do we do? What do we do? Because that was only like our third how do we treat, I think, when yeah. Chez showed up. So. How do we treat a new person? Like, not even just, like, in the game, but, like, like part of the campaign. Like, mm-hmm. how do we integrate them in? How do we, like... <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah, I had a very different story. <laughs> when I came in, your party had been betrayed. So they were not trustworthy. <laughs> yeah, right. no, 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 no. I know That's for not a how I remember it. Because you were in La Maybe La La La. one of our parties <laughs> was like that. I think the rest were just like, ah, yeah, welcome to the crew. Luckily, you had someone to vouch for you. So. That is true. <laughs> Good old dragon that saved you. So, uh, <laughs> carries a lot of weight. Man, we sound nerdy. Eric, why don't you give us a quick introduction into Dungeons and Dragons, just so other people don't feel like how we felt when we first heard about it. Oh, Chris and I. So yeah. What is fun. what what is D and D? What is D and D? If you had to talk to a noob like me about two years ago, how would you? Tell I thought we weren't D&D. getting philosophical this time, Johnny. Jeez, you promised why? me. You promised why? me. <laughs> Now, uh, basically, D&D is, uh, so many ways to explain it, but uh, it's essentially communal storytelling where dice decide the outcome. So, essentially, you come together, you have the, there's essentially two roles, the DM or the dungeon master, game master, whatever you want to call them, and the players or the player characters, and you kind of break off into those two groups, and the dungeon master kind of sets up the world, the scenarios. Um, what's every, what's going on, who all the people are around, and then each player character creates their own character, their own kind of story, um, however in-depth they feel like they want to go, and you just kind of role-play out scenarios. Like, you show up at a town and what you want to do there, and, oh, I want to look for work, and stuff like that. So you essentially just you, you just tell a story together. Yeah, that's, that's actually how I like to describe it. Sometimes different people ask me, you know, why do I like D&D, and I say, well... I'm an aspiring writer, meaning I've never finished any of my novels, but I've started like a ton of them. (laughs) Yeah. And I have the stories in my head and I'm working on it. It just, dude, writing is such a commitment. So the fun thing about D&D is it's like writing a story, but it's actually playing the character and the dice decides a lot of the outcomes, exactly. whether or not your elk lands on a dragon, or and you don't have to write the whole story because you got other people writing along with you by by telling their part, and you're like, I don't have to worry about every single character. Yeah, <laughs> even and though I kind of do. It <laughs> adds to it too because it makes it so frustrating because you want to do one thing and someone else wants to do some other asinine thing, and you're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Why are we doing this? <laughs> and then everyone gets in a fight because everyone wants to do their own thing, and then factions grow, and ah, oh, it's so funny and it's great. It's, it's part of part of D and D is you know living out those experiences. Yeah. <laughs> so what I like about you is you did not play. Tell tell us about. I guess I know information, but tell us about your experience in D and D. What got you into it? 
how long you've been playing. Let's go to that. How long you've been playing D&D? So, it's funny. I actually looked this up the other day <laughs> out of the blue. But Perfect. I ordered the Dungeons & Dragons uh, Essentials Kit back in November of 2012 was oh, wow. when I first decided to play. Are you serious? So I thought I didn't, it was sooner than that. No, I did start playing. Into, I ordered it in like November, and I think the first game I ran was in February of 2013. So... So you about seven oh, years. you ran a game before you actually played a game? No, because you do both. Oh right? yeah, yeah. I started uh, as running games. I I never had actually been a player uh, at the beginning. So that's insane. Just I, I was graduating high school in 2012. Like, yeah, yeah, me too. I wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> Johnny wasn't like <laughs> done with 26 at that point. <laughs> graduating high school in 2012. Wow, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> Pretty sure that's when I ordered it. Yeah. Well, where didn't you graduate? 2010. No, no, you were like 29, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know so much. So, <laughs> so much. And you already, you had an experience of tabletop games, right? You you, you like to play board games in yes. life, right? So you knew this was always something you wanted to do. Yeah, well, kind of. It, it's hard, it's weird to say because, like, I've always loved board games and card games and stuff. You, you guys know, you can see my wall of <laughs> games over there. And, like, you know, like, some people, like, connect collecting, like, stamps. I don't know who collects stamps anymore, but, you know, like, people collect things. I've always wanted to collect board games. I thought that'd be, like, a fun thing to collect. I, I have a nerd wall. You have a nerd wall of board games. Of board games, yeah. exactly. And so, yeah, I've always, like, loved games and stuff like that, but D&D was, like, it was never anything that anyone in my life had done. Like, my brothers didn't play or, like, none of my friends had played, and it was just, like, one of those things It's like, I'm a nerd. I feel like I need to play right? D&D exactly. at some point. I know and exactly so it's, it was like a bucket list item. It's like, I, I want to at least try it at some point. And so that, that's why I got it. And I like to say through nerd osmosis, you would assume that you would have yeah, played exactly. by now. <laughs> it's like, how have I not yeah. done this? <laughs> like, I understand the rules. I know what chaotic goodness. I know all these terms, but I don't have five friends to play or four friends that want to play. Exactly. So, yeah. You know, it's kind of a gift and a curse that Stranger Things came out. Because, like, one, it's more mainstream now. So it's like, there's more things available because of Stranger Things became so popular, mm-hmm. D&D became, had a resurgence. I attribute it to that, because it definitely has had a resurgence. For sure. But the annoying thing is, like, I kind of wanted those days where, like, I was a nerd, and, you know, no one really understood, or they didn't, yeah, it like... like, oh, you're participating you in court activities <laughs> yeah, in yeah, somebody's yeah, yeah. basement. Yeah, no so, I mean, joke. yes, that still happens. Some, but... <laughs> some, some of the parents in our group, like, here we are in our 20s, they're like, you're going to play D&D? Like, are you... You, should, you probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, right. My mom keeps trying to play, and I'm like, no, mom, no. You're not old enough. She's trying to Sneaking protect you from the car. <laughs> She's like, just have, make me a character. I want to play a witch. I'm like, mom, no. <laughs> there's no witch class. She's like, there's, what are you talking about? Make me a Harry Potter. Make me a Harry. So it's, uh, moms are the best. Yeah, True. my little sister, who's, you know, the most... <laughs> Not nerd person I know is like not, okay. Non nerdy Shelly. Yeah, she like shows up and does weird Dungeons and Dragons related things with you guys randomly. I don't. She. I don't know what's going watches. on. <laughs> I made her. I'm lazy. You, you forced her to roll dice <laughs> <Yeah>. when <laughs> yeah. she comes over. Yeah. While you play D and D, as Eric stated, you have to roll dice, and I was like, Shelly, roll my dice. I don't really. <laughs> These outcomes are going to be the same regardless. <laughs> it's all chance. But you know, it's a way to get involved. You know, it's the it's the basic activity of it. It's just rolling the dice. So, so since you've done both played and DM, what do you what do you prefer to play? What do you prefer to have? It's hard it? to say. Uh, I really love DMing because I love creating the world and I love just making scenarios and be like, okay, how are you going to solve this? How are you going to deal with this and not having to worry about the solution? 
watching kind of everyone else's creativity come out and be like, oh, this is, I'm going to completely subvert the entire dungeon by digging a hole in the wall or something like that. <laughs> like, I never thought about that, but congratulations, you, you figured a way around everything I had prepared, thanks. <laughs> and so I, I just love kind of like setting up the scenarios and stuff, but I do love playing as well. It's just, it's hard for me to be the player and just like not know what's going on because oh, okay. I'm so used to it and I'm like, I should know what's going on. I should know where the city is. I should know what we're doing. I should know the people we're going to go talk to when we get there. It's like tickling the back of your brain. Mm-hmm. What, what I, because what I, I've, I've, I've had the opportunity to play, have you DM me, control me, and also uh, be, our, be, be a, a campaign member, a party, party mm-hmm. member in the campaign. What, what happens with me though when I play with you is like, I want to look for you like, can I do this? Well, and you're in our campaign, not DMing. And you always look at me like, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what I like about you is you know how to separate your mind from, I'm not controlling this, I'm just a player. Yeah. You I don't mean, It's medicate. hard to do that sometimes because like, you know, like I know the rules probably better than most people. <laughs> and so like everyone's going to look at me and be like, can I do this? And be like, I'm not in charge. Like if I were DMing, probably, but <laughs> I'm not in charge. So ask the DM, like, <laughs> Redirect your question, please. <laughs> Is this gonna work? I have no idea. It's like I don't know. So, yeah. Oh, I was just gonna ask. So you've talked a little bit about the dice. Uh, this is just switching gears, pivoting a little bit. Can you explain that a little bit more? Like, what do you mean? Outcomes are decided by dice. So essentially, you set up your scenario. Like, you decide, I want to do this. I want to try and pick this up. I want to punch this guard in the face for no reason. Uh, whatever you decide, what you want to do, and then the the dice essentially the decide. character you're playing. Correct. You decide what they want. You want them to do what you want them to do, and then the dice essentially uh, determine the outcome based on uh, the, the role and success value. So essentially, there's something called a, a DC or difficulty challenge on certain things, and sometimes I just make them up in my head. Sometimes they're pre-established, but it's essentially of if it's going to work. If you roll a number above this, more or less. So there's seven dice, right? In yep. Set. And More the most, right, well, the, <laughs> depending in a, in a on what game you're set, playing, yeah. In a basic set, because I, I know different classes have different sets of dice. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I've I've had I've played five or six characters. I've yet to use like a d10 in some of them. Like it's just they just don't use. Yeah, dice. it depends on the class. And so a d20, which means a, a twenty-sided dice, mm-hmm. is what is what a player normally uses. Correct. So what you were saying is like I have to roll like my di- I, I want to attack you and my your difficulty levels a, a, a number right. So let's say fifteen. Mm-hmm. So I'd have to roll my dice and beat your your fifteen. Yeah, you got to get a fifteen or higher, and then on a twenty sided dice. Yeah, and then you also have like your character bonuses that will add to it, which is a lot to delve into. But essentially, uh, you just because of whatever class you pick or race, you just get bonuses to to what you're doing. And then you have like a better chance of succeeding on certain things. I bring up the dice only because if you had to take time, how many sets of dice, not individual dice, yes, how many sets of dice? Do you think you, which you're supposed to, because the DM needs dices to you control. You don't need that much <laughs> dice, as much dice as I have. But I think last count, it was 26 pairs. And I think pairs. I have gotten more since then. Here's the thing. You start to have, like, emotional attachment to certain dice. True. Like I'm like, <laughs> this dice will roll good when I need it to. Exactly. And I have a bunch of dice that I've still never even used. I'm like, but I have these ones. Why would I, why would <laughs> I use the other ones? Oh, and I just got new ones. I have to try those out, even though I've had these ones since day one and still haven't used them. Yeah, and then I gave Eric a plant dice that keeps rolling natural ones. That golden <laughs> oh, one. Yeah. No, that one rolls in a lot of 20s, too. Oh, does it? Yeah. Okay, maybe it's just a bipolar it, it, dice. It, it, I, I remember so. when you first got it, it rolled oh, yeah. like two natural ones 
like in a session like super quick. You're like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm pretty sure it's the dice that saved Michael's character's life, though. I'm pretty sure that's what I roll. <laughs> Look at that. So, okay, so go. it was just enough. Can characters do anything? Yes, depending on your definition of anything. <laughs> can they try to do anything, I guess? Like, if, if my character... So let's say we just... A lot of D&D is set in, like, a certain setting. Like, it's not, like, mm-hmm. in today's day and age, typically. Typically, it's more medieval. Correct. What would you? What would be, like, a show or a visual, like, the pretty common theme that you would compare it to? Like, would it be Lord of the Rings? Would it be The Witcher? Um, what, what's Which would probably be a good choice for a lot of people, as it's probably the most current zeitgeist-relevant... But, uh, I mean, yeah, any fantasy-based element, Lord of the Rings, like, all of them have elements drawn either from D&D or D&D drew elements from them. And I was so, going to say, Lord of the Rings is pretty much like the godfather of all fantasy. Yes, that's actually where halflings came from, is they were hobbits originally, and then because of legal issues, they had to change the name from <laughs> hobbits to halflings. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's how that works, so. Most things can get tied back to J.R.R. Tolkien, mm-hmm. at least in terms of fantasy. Yeah, exactly. But I think a lot of things pull from now the Wizards of the Coast into The Witcher, into Game of Thrones. A lot of the stuff is pulled from D&D. Mm-hmm. Or a lot of current fantasy writers play Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. I know Brandon Sanderson plays a lot of D&D. For sure. That nerd. <laughs> I know he's him. listening Good right now. <laughs> <laughs> if you, if you are listening, let us know when the next book's coming out. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. Stormlight Archive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um... I was just going to ask, so characters can basically do anything. Um, jumping back to that, what does that mean in terms of, like, let's say I'm playing an elf, um, what, and I want to try to, you know, pickpocket someone, or what is something crazy I've tried to do in the past? Hit on a woman. Uh, <laughs> pick something. Anything you do is crazy. In the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> buy masks from a vendor. Anything you do in the yeah, so eccentric mask vendor. <laughs> typically, when I play characters, I like to ac- accentuate some of the crazy things I want to do in life, and so I my characters turn into madmen. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what the indie is for. It's, it's for trying out new things that you wouldn't be able to necessarily try in life, or... It's a safe place to, to try out new new things, talk about maybe issues that you're not sure about or kind of develop new thoughts on certain things, kind of feel empathy from other people, and that's what's so great about it. Yeah. Like, I've never, you know, pushed a person off a cliff, but my Dungeons & Dragons <laughs> character I'm pretty sure has. Are you just saying that for legal reasons because this is being recorded? Is, is that why? <laughs> that's, that's exactly Is why. this your alibi right now? <laughs> yes. Um, okay, cool. So... Talking, so characters can really try and do anything. I mean, if I want to try and fly, I can start flapping my arms, and it, there are rules, though. Yeah, exactly. Like, it probably won't work. Yeah, like, they're, I mean, kind of depending on the way your your DM wants to run things, uh, I'd try and add a little more realism into it with, like, elements of, of cool or uh, something I heard once. I can't remember what it was from, but it was, like, the rule of cool. So, like, if it's cool, then maybe you'll probably allow it, like, <laughs> even despite if it's not necessarily as realistic. And so it's like, I mean, it's like when you play like a video game or whatever and you like are walking around and you're like, oh, I want to go see what's over there. And then you just run into an invisible wall and you're just like, why can't I go see what's over there? That's D&D does not have that issue. It's like, what's over there? And you're like, okay, let's go find out what's over there. It may not be anything. It may be a completely different adventure, but you can go over and explore and you can, anything that you think of, you can try to do, but essentially within the the realms of the game so like if you're if you're like a barbarian like we talked about earlier you're you're typically the the in the front of combat swinging your axe fighting style but 
you're probably not going to be able to like suddenly cast a spell if you try to. Like, yeah. you're going to be like, I'm going to cast Fireball and focus really hard and somehow develop this power. It's like, I no, saw, obviously I, that's I saw something. my teammate do it. I can do it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you could certainly try, but it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, I can tell you it's not going to happen because it's not in your skill set. But if, you know, if you, rather than fighting a battle, if you just want to try and intimidate somebody out of your way, you can just go straight up to them and just threaten them and they might just leave and you can completely avoid a combat scenario that otherwise you might have to fight. Yeah. On that note, one time we were playing and I was playing a wizard who had no experience with like swords or anything else. <laughs> And someone was running away, and I didn't I feel like <laughs> I didn't feel like using a spell to like get him. He was running down a stairwell, so I picked up a, a sword that was on the ground. Like the battle was ending, he was running, and I threw it down the stairwell. And I shouldn't have been able to hit this guy. Um, so you're in a winding stairwell. <laughs> yeah, realistically, it shouldn't have worked. Like the the sword should have just tattered. But I rolled a natural twenty, which is the best you can do on a critical success. Yeah, so that doesn't mean anything can happen. Like if I roll a natural twenty, I can't. You know, I don't fireball. Yeah, yeah fireball. I, I wouldn't be able to do a fireball. fireball. <laughs> but if it's somewhat like something like one in a million, or one, I guess one in, in twenty. Yeah, well, I can't see. I'm going to shoot an arrow at someone. Natural mm -hmm. twenty. You have a better chance of hitting them. Exactly. Like, there is a chance one. of it happening. Mm -hmm. So yeah, basically the sword went down the stairs. Well, Eric, why don't you finish this for me? It, you threw the sword and it curved along the wall, like when you see those vis videos of people like throwing frisbees around like half pipes and stuff. It was basically that with a sword and ended up stabbing the guy right in the back, and he died from it. So. <laughs> yeah, I, and I didn't expect it to happen. I was doing it more as a joke because wizards don't use swords. Yes, and that's why it's fun. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes joke things work out. Yeah, it was so dumb. Like, on, there's no way this is gonna work, aspect, but I'm gonna do it. You would have done the complete opposite. Say roll the natural one, which is the lowest you could do. What scenario could have happened there? Critical failure. Oh, so many fun things. It, it kind of depends on, on how I'm feeling and if I want to mess with you really bad or not. But sometimes you can rule with like bad things will happen to you if you roll like a natural one. Like, for example, when uh, we were running a different campaign when you were playing uh, what was that, Halfling, Halfling Paladin or yeah. something like that, and you dove into a pile of treasure looking for something oh, yeah. rolling two natural ones <laughs> and you got your head stuck in a magical item that was suffocating <laughs> so. yeah yeah i know there was this treasure and i had like an image of like daffy duck jumping into a pile of coins <laughs> and i thought it was the funniest thing so i said i want to dive into this treasure like and and uh eric said all right roll a acrobatics is one of the categories you can roll for so I rolled and hit a natural one, critical failure. He was like, all right, well, your character is allowed to have another chance. So go ahead and roll again. So I rolled again and rolled another natural one. Um, and ironically, this is with that golden dice yep. that I gave you. I gave you the dice because of this experience. There you go. Because as I jumped in, my head naturally went into a helmet that was cursed and started to, your to head kill me. And started to suffocate you and the yeah. party had to break you out of it. <laughs> I, I honestly thought my character was going to die. I'm kind of surprised you didn't. I didn't think anyone had a way to, around that, but you never know. <laughs> I think someone tried heating metal on it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I think you heated metal. Uh, we're getting pretty far into let's, 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 let's stay on the surface no, are, of d, &D. These are the important things, Jay. <laughs> the <coughs> in-depth things that nobody else is going to understand because they weren't there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so what I gathered from our first time meeting interviewing you, you prefer to DM. I, I do. I do prefer Which, DM for, for the For mine and Jay's sake, we love it. <laughs> so we, we'll, we'll take advantage of that. I think can. most people do because DMing ends up being a lot of work sometimes. <laughs> so let's, let's, let's dive into that, Ooh. if we will. Let's, uh, so like let's that, plug that you. That's what I set you up for? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> so if 
if, if people are paying attention, Jay does not seem like an easy guy to DM for, to prepare for, because he asks you all these crazy questions, he tries to do stuff, which, as a player, I love it. This is why I come and just that say, what great. is Jay going to do? As a DM, I love it. Perfect. So, so how do you plan around, so when you build a campaign, because there's campaigns that you build from scratch, mm -hmm. and there are some in a book that you just gives you the guidelines Correct. you can follow. So when you're just, just doing one from a book, how do you plan around your characters? Like, this campaign I got to plan around for Jay, I got to plan around for Johnny, I got to plan around for Chez. How do you do that in your head? Well, I always have a separate planning session for Jay, because <laughs> I need to. And then... Do no. really? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, unless it's like, it's like in tangents. the center of your, like a story arc revolving you, then maybe like I'll spend a little more time focusing on, on you. And that's kind of the... It kind of differs depending on like if I'm running my own stuff that I've written, or if I'm just running from one of the Wizards of the Coast book on how I prep. Uh, running from the books is a lot easier because you don't have to come up with everything. Like there's already <laughs> established things and you have to think, well, they might run into extra NPCs or they might need help with this so I can have like a character on standby. Um, but like developing from my, my own stuff is, is a lot more work. Usually I'll, I'll find a, like a playlist uh, of music like congruent with the mood I'm looking to set. So like if I'm looking for, if we are going into like a, like a haunted forest or something like that. I'll try to listen to like uneasy woods music and like <laughs> crickets and stuff to help me kind of get in the mood while I write. Or um, like like when uh, you guys ended up going into hell, literally hell, uh, <laughs> in uh, one, one of, of the our levels campaigns. Of hell. One of the levels of hell, correct? Uh, I ended up like listening again. I ended up like thinking about the scenario entirely since it revolved around one of the players, and I was like, "What would be like a fun way to introduce this character and then make like make sure that that feeling of unease and untrustworthiness, but like I still need to talk to this person, is there?" And so like I just try and like I try and think of like the the emotional context of which I'm trying to convey the situation, <clears throat> and then uh, right around that essentially. So how often do you plan for something? I know the answer to this. <laughs> but it goes literally not even close to how you think it's going to end in your head. Awesome. And, and follow way too often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, often, way too often. <clears throat> Follow-up question to that. What is one way to keep people kind of on track without... Because I, I tried DMing one time and realized I hated it because I set up forth all these plans. <laughs> and people just did whatever they wanted. Like That's They're like, nah. True. And I was like, well, I want them to do this. So I started to try and like... To drop hints and railroad it and mm -hmm. I was like you know this is stupid I can't do this I'm just gonna let Eric do it like I felt like an idiot so what's one way that you keep people on track or you might like incentivize players to not just you know go to a brothel in every town and that's, that's all they do the whole anyways. session yeah you know what I mean though. like all they do is go to a brothel and magic shop not that we've ever done this I can't and imagine then, who would do that and then afterwards just go to the next village to, to try and find you know the same brothel and magic shop mm -hmm. or you know a slightly different one What's one way to incentivize people to move maybe not even along. yeah maybe not even move the story but move a story because it's the story is always changing mm -hmm. and for me it's all about like are the players having fun so like if you're going off and doing these weird things but everyone's like you look around the table and everyone's having a good time that's fine like we'll keep doing those yeah, things usually and... it's one person having a good time <laughs> on those sometimes but like yeah yeah and if I can see that like if I can see some people are getting impatient I'll try and start to like drop hints of like. Or things of intrigue essentially around. Uh, so like you'll see something that normally you wouldn't see, or like I'll just use somebody's passive perception and be like, oh, like you notice this out of your corner of your eye, like somebody's coming around the corner with a knife or something like that. Oh, like, you see a weird shadow in the sky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As it flies by. Yeah, just things that will kind of like grab people's attention, even if it's nothing, even if it's just like a cloud that drifted by, even if it just kind of like 
it interrupts like your trend of thought on whatever you're currently doing that might be detracting from like the main story of the game uh, and kind of like resets to be like, oh yeah, what was it doing? Uh, whatever, we'll we'll move on. <laughs> like we'll, we'll keep doing what we're doing. And you can make it so it fits a certain character. You know, one character's paranoid, and so he thinks he sees a shadow of a cloud. Correct. You know, like or or one character thinks he hears music because he plays a you That's know right. a Geralt sort of character, mm-hmm. a bard on The Witcher. Exactly. And so yeah, it's just using your player like not even their their character's knowledge, but your player's knowledge against them more or less. Like oh, I know like. Jay will be distracted by this. So if I throw that out there, he can move over there and that's going to move us to our storyline. Uh, or like, oh, I know I know Johnny's going to be interested in a beautiful place <laughs> in D&D. So throw that out in and general, then she tries yeah. to stab him and that's where combat starts. Uh, fell for it three times. Shame on me. Only three? <laughs> well, in one session. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So do you have any, uh, just speaking kind of of this, do you have any like favorite moments of someone figuring something out or like an aha moment that cracks you up that you can just think of on offhand. Ooh, favorite aha moment. I mean, still one of my favorite moments. It's not necessarily an aha moment. Was it was? I think it was like our third or fourth session with you guys, and it was when you guys went to go see the uh, the ghost that was in the the woods. The that oh, I'm blanking on the name, but when you all. Were essentially the banshee. Yes, the banshee. Thank you. That's I'm the word so I'm smart. looking for. Yeah. You are so smart. I'm, I'm so, so effing smart. <laughs> but it was when so you guys were going to see that, and uh, like it, it started like, oh, you you make it along the road, and then you, it's starting to get dark, and then you start noticing like the ruins of a town, and then you have to go into the deeper forest. And it was one of those things that like most people when they start playing D and D, like combat is like the main thing for them. It's like, oh, like this is where the game happens. Like this is where. I did air quotes there for those who can't see, which is everyone. But this is like where the game happens and where like I actually like integrate and participate in the story. But it was like one of those moments where like I could tell everyone was invested what was going on, even though there was no combat. It was purely story. It was just this creepy setting of going through a forest and trying to keep an eye out and making sure like whatever entity is out here uh, is is not going to attack us or that we're going to be safe. We're going to get away safely. And so that was kind of like one of those moments. I was like. Let, let, nice. let me join nice. in on this a little bit. Um, so I remember this vividly because we had com- we had, had done combat once at this point, and it got our asses kicked, and we, we were new to this world. <laughs> sorry. Werewolves, not swearwolves. I'm so sorry. Uh, anyway, we'd gotten our Heinekens kicked, and so we were we were going into this forest, and Eric, Eric describes it very vividly and very quickly, which was super interesting, like... It's this dark forest, and it's an abandoned village, and um, you're going towards this shack, and, like, you can just picture it. And then he starts playing this music, and it's, like, music with rain going. So, like, it's raining at the time, too. Like, like and I can vividly see it, like, this shack in the woods, and it's raining. And we're all underpowered. Like, none of us <laughs> are strong, and none of us really have that much magic. So this is not our realm at this time mm-hmm. at all. And so, yeah, when we, we visited this banshee, it was terrifying. And yeah, that was one of the most captivating moments. That was one of the moments where like D&D for me just was so funny and perfect. And that was one of like the big major hooks. The other one would be uh, when Mason, so one of our characters was trying to stealthily open a door (laughs) and he had totally failed his stealth check. So like people knew that he was doing it. So they kicked open the door and he he played a Hobbit character. So he just went flying and he's still bitter about it because he lost like half his health. It was great. That's why you don't fail your rolls, or else the doors get kicked into your face while you're picking locks. <laughs> yeah, that's so bad. Uh, that's what I liked about D and D is you you. There's a lot of stereotypes in D and D, 
and what you assume is like, oh, it's all battle. It's all that matters. And the most fun mm-hmm. I've ever had is non-battles. Oh, yeah. Like, I remember sure. our, we had, so Jay's character always likes to, one of his characters that we played, always likes to play practical jokes on people. And he throws <laughs> a snowball. Do you remember the avalanche? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he throws a snowball around this area. And he throws a snowball at our monk character. And he doesn't react well and turns around and throws another bigger snowball. And what happened is there's this huge avalanche that starts attacking us. <laughs> and we had to react in the moment and how to do it like my character tried to surf on his shield and he failed but he luckily <laughs> threw a natural 20 found his shield <laughs> like the worst things you could have had. and it, we were just laughing on the floor because this really fun organic moment happened that we didn't plan and what i oh, love yeah, not planned. and how you know you have an amazing dm is that these organic moments happen and this is we, we i still talk about it with our friends of how this came about like eric when when you were like going through it you're like i'm gonna throw this snowball like oh i'm gonna react how did, how did your thought process go? Oh, yeah. Well, Taryn, the, the monk character, he's very kind of hot-headed, and he, he's young and makes brash decisions immediately, so as soon as he got hit by a snowball, he's like, well, I'm going to react as let's fast just as I can. Up, let's just set this up a little bit more from what Eric, or from what Johnny said and Eric. Um, we're, on a, we're on a snow-covered mountain, like going down the mountain. Just came out of a cave. Yeah, we just came out of a cave. We're going down this it's huge snowdrift, basically, next to trees, and I, for some reason my character thought it would be funny to hit, like, the only character I shouldn't hit yeah. with a snowball. Yeah. <laughs> that was and probably the worst person to hit. <laughs> can you explain kind of like just quickly some of maybe what a monk is? And then after this story, we can get into like the different characters and classes. Sure. Races uh, and classes. Yes. Yeah, so that character was, just so we know, was an NPC, which means... Yes, he's a, a non-player character is NPC. Which is what the DM controls. Correct. It's, just so it's we anybody that. that is not one of the, the players that is at the table. But he was a member of our party. Yeah. Correct. The, the, which the is DM odd. controls, yeah, the DM controls the game, and he can also control uh, people we come across in the game. Exactly. And so Taryn has been traveling with you for quite some time. Uh, he was a monk, specifically a he was like an elemental type monk, so he can like control like water, fire, stuff like that. And so like he, through like martial arts and prowess training and stuff like that, has that ability. After getting hit with the snowball, he just decided I'm gonna just throw an entire snowdrift back, and not thinking about it, caused the avalanche that started ruckusing down the the mountain as you all had to figure out how you were going to flee in your individual prowess. Like luckily, Terran, as he was able to control snow or snow and water he was just able to drift his way down easily enough but like i think you turned into like an ape and then like picked somebody up and started running down the mountain (laughs) so uh, my character if you've ever watched uh teen titans growing up beast boy can turn into different animals my character is called a druid and he's very connected with nature and as a result can shapeshift into different animals i cast a spell to shapeshift into a giant ape so pretty massive ape Mm -hmm. thing you know not quite king kong but Think of that Rampage 8, probably, it's, maybe. Uh, yeah, it's something Grodd. like that. It's Grodd from The Flash. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's definitely Grodd. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Back to DC. <laughs> Grodd side. Um, Grodd anyway, so yeah, I, I grabbed another character, and one of our characters almost died, like, very close. I think it was oh, yes. Mork. Someone almost suffocated on her snow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just because there, there are some characters that are not apt to anything in that situation. And mm-hmm. that's kind of the fun of D&D is... Maybe you're not apt for it, you know? Yeah, and that's one of the funny things about D&D is failure is fun. Oh, yeah. You would think, like, failing is just like, oh, like, I can't do anything right. But failure often creates those memorable moments. Like, you're you're like, sure, you might remember the time when you, you know, you rolled a natural 20 and you stabbed the the big bad guy right through the heart and ended the battle or whatever. But you'll always remember that time when, you you know, you failed and jumped into a pile of loot and started suffocating from a cursed element. Or, like, you tried to to pick a lock and the door got kicked down on you. Like, those things are always going to be memorable. And those are things that everyone at the table can enjoy. 
And so it's like, it's learning to, to find like success and failure, almost like thinking like failure, it can be fun and failure can, it's not like something that has to hold back the game. It's actually something that's a lot of fun. Well, failure in our, one of our other campaigns caused a distraction that we needed. We were out in the field and, and the guy's that's an right. archer, yeah, one of our players, master archer, and he rolled a natural one and the, and the arrow shot someone in the toe fell down, hit someone in the toe, and they called this big disruption. But that's what we wanted to happen. But we didn't mean for it to happen that way. Exactly. So that natural one actually helped us. Yeah, and so failure, as long as you can twist it to your, your benefit. <laughs> either either it's just bad and it's funny and you'll remember it, or uh, it's bad and it actually ends up happening now. <laughs> very rare time. <laughs> or it just raises morale and everyone else gets to make fun of you and you get a, you live off of that for like a week or two. <laughs> Or a year. <laughs> or a year. Who knows? Well, one of the fun things about D&D is there's intrigue. You never know what... I mean, there's mistakes that just naturally happen. Someone forgets something, and mm -hmm. you just have to live with it. Like, it's kind of it's kind of true to life. But at the same time, it's an escape without being, you know, a full escape. Exactly. One question I had, so before we jump into classes, how do you prevent people from getting too... Because we, we, we struggle with this sometimes, uh, too, like, pop culture -y, like... Like metaing the game too much. Yeah, or just being like, do you know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. quoting too heavily on certain things. Like someone's going to attack someone and they say, so call me maybe, you know, like something <laughs> stupid. I'm, I'm right here, Jay. You don't need a yeah. subtle. <laughs> right. I mean, again, it goes along with the fun of the players. Like if people are having fun with it, that's fine. But like if it's like detracting from the the mood of the game, the the story and everything, like I'll, I'll try and like either... <laughs> maybe interrupt them when they're talking or just kind of like keep things moving along and not dwell dwell on it. Like for example, like in our one shot recently, uh, Chris wanted to play, basically it was a Jedi was the, the class, but since it was like more medieval style, like we, I like renamed it to like an arcane warrior. So it was something that like every time, like if you figured out what he was or if you like asked him about it, like it wouldn't be like pop culture references like popping up in your mind. It was just something that was more themed to the setting itself. That's doing cool. the lore of the game. Yeah. So let's talk. Uh, are you okay if we talk about races and classes? I really want to talk about races and classes. Let's, let's get racist. Whoa. I mean, Whoa. let's and, get racy. No, is that classy. what type of podcast? Let's get. <laughs> well, I mean, Jay is here. And class. We're well, talking. <laughs> okay, just, just for the record, this joke was meant to be like part of in world DD stuff. Right. Because there is, no, there is like a legitimate level of racism. That is one of the issues you run into. It is. So that was meant to, guys, that was definitely meant to be like an in world game joke, not a. Uh, Outworld not like a current like racist joke. I meant you. You can tell I'm still making Jay uncomfortable. Yeah, I am. it's great by my it's ramblings. Great. I know this sounds like the ramblings of a madman, but no. So um, racism is a definite like part of the game. If, For sure. if I play a tiefling, can you explain a tiefling and maybe what would happen if I played one? Yeah, uh, tieflings <coughs> are <Yes>. like <laughs> tieflings are like half demonic creatures, more or less. That somewhere in their lineage, either. Uh, their parent or whoever made like a pact with the devil and because of that when they were born they have either deformities or they're actually part demon themselves or like they'll have horns a tail hooves whatever however you kind of want to desi design your character they're just essentially more of a hellish based character so going into a town full of like humans they're gonna see this demon guy and be yeah exactly I mean like if you were walking around the street like even like in our like our own world like when you walk around, you see someone who has, like, face tattoos. Like, you, you immediately make, like, a judgment. It's, like, same thing in D&D. &D. It's, like, you walk around and you see this red-skinned individual with horns who has their hood up. You're automatically kind of, like, shy away from them because you're, like, what is that? Like, 
why are they here? Like, uh, they, and they're also like believed like as part of like stories and stuff that they that they just have bad dealings that they're all essentially bad, and so they have to kind of like deal with that. And so, yeah, like you said, it's part of D and D itself is is the racism between classes. Well, and you have to kind of think a lot of times the players you play are I don't want to say superior to NPCs, but there is a level of that because this is a medieval yeah. time. I mean, you are the heroes of the story. For yeah. The most part. Well, and there's a lot of superstition and stuff, you know, in medieval times yeah. and uneducation. Exactly. So, you know, you could have a, yeah, a tiefling or whatever. I play a half-orc and who's constantly, you know, getting offended because people treat him terribly, <laughs> like in towns and stuff. I'll That's not because you're a half-orc. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> no, That's because you're weird. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fine. But other half-orcs could be treated differently, Correct. you know, <laughs> but for no reason. <laughs> no, okay, so let's just go through all of them. So, super fast, there's tieflings, there's half-orcs, which I just mentioned, which... Can you name them all pop quiz? Oh, I could. I could. But can Eric? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Out of the table. <laughs> uh, all, right, all right, go ahead and correct me if I'm wrong. So, tiefling, the devil character, half-orcs, which is kind of like a tiefling. You, you, an orc is like a full-on, like, thing almost Lord of the Rings kind of orc. That's where the drop from. Yeah, um, and half means that... Probably someone was raped at some point. <laughs> that's that's typically how the the book states it. Like or, or romance. A romance. Like, you don't know. You don't yeah. know. Read read some King Kong and the read some fan damsel in distress. There you go. <laughs> and she fell in love with an orc. Exactly. What? Exactly. <laughs> they had a beautiful half orc child named Adonis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wonder where my mom is <laughs> constantly. Exactly. Um. No. Uh. And then so, all right. So half orc. There's human. Aren't you guys glad I remembered that I'm one? Glad you remembered that. Human's like the most basic one. It's based on it's us. The most common. Yeah, most common. Um, dragonborn. Ooh, could you give us like basically what a dragonborn? Where they come from? Because I don't know much about dragonborns. It's hard to say. It's actually fun because the the book it's the books themselves kind of treat the lore behind dragonborns differently, as if the people in the universe themselves don't even really know where they come from, which is a lot of fun. But essentially, dragonborn are they're humanoids, so they're still like bipedal. They walk on two legs. But they they have like features of dragons, so they're they're scaled bodies. They have kind of like longer limbs. Some you can have a tail or not. Uh, it's kind of like depending on your universe or what you want to allow. Some of them have wings. Some of them don't. Uh, they're essentially a, a human version of a dragon, and they can like breathe fire or lightning, kind of depending on what color scales they have, where their heritage came from, and stuff like that. Speak normal languages, though they speak like humans. Yeah, they still speak like humans. I mean, they have their own. There's several languages in D and D. Like Draconic is the the language specific to dragons and dragonborns. Do they have improved eyesight? Uh, I don't believe dragonborns have dark vision. No. Okay. Um. So there's dragonborns. There's gnomes. Gnomes. So think of like you know Gnomeo and Juliet. <laughs> A little bigger than Romeo. Oh, that's your reference you're going to go for is Romeo <laughs> and Juliet. I can't think of anything else. I don't know. So they're How about probably like World of Warcraft or something. There you go. They're probably three feet tall. Think of like a think of like a goofier, more magical version of a halfling. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's halflings. Speaking of those, and then there's dwarves and elves and half elves. Ooh, I thought you were going to say half elves. Ooh, pretty sure you got them all. Pretty yeah, sure you got them all. And dwarves and elves. The, the main. Standard races that you would say. find in the player's handbook. You can jump on Reddit and find thousands of races, and yeah. some of them are so dumb. And they're, I mean, they're also uh, Wizards of the Coast, the makers of D&D, is always expanding on it and stuff as well. So there's like things like Goliaths now, which are like half giants, and uh, ASMR, which are like uh, angels, or half angels, I should say. Um, like Bird people. Yeah, yeah the Aarakocra, the bird people. Uh, stuff bird like person. 
turtles, the turtle folk, <laughs> tabaxi, cat folk. It, it gets deep. It, keep, it keeps going Kajit? for a long time. No, that that's that she did nothing because she did nothing of this crime. <laughs> that's Elf Scrolls. Okay, yeah. let's talk about classes then. So, you, first you pick a race. Typically, I don't know. Some people typically do when you make your character. I'd always pick a race, um, and then afterwards you get to pick a class, which means. A uh, class is like, it's like your your job, more or less, within the world, but it's like a specialized skill set, so uh, your classes define your abilities, your skills, like what you're, what you're good at, the things that you're not so good at, um, like some of the particular talents and features that you have, whether you can cast magic or not, uh, that's kind of where classes come from. That's cool. And so, a lot. Yeah, Johnny, why don't you why don't you test your knowledge? Ooh, pop quiz for, pop quiz for Johnny. No, no, no. Can you do it alphabetically? What ones can you do? Oh, do? Oh, can you do? All right, well, he, he got his nail. He got the barbarian. <laughs> I would hope so. That's all I know. Okay, that's all that's I play. Now all. there's there's the fighter class. So typically, barbarians are are easier to play. There's only what do you do? Uh, hit things. You're pretty much Hulk. Hulk smash. Then there's the. Fighter. I'd say simpler to play, not easier. Oh, it's way easier. I mean, you don't have to, look at stuff, you don't have to worry about beating. It's it's just easy. Like if you want, like people who play and they're like, "Why do they play barbarians?" Like I don't have to think about anything. I don't have to worry about. It. I don't need to convince someone to do anything. I just go smash. <laughs> Depends right. on how you want to play. True, but uh, I mean, you still have to overcome challenges, especially if there's like magic or whatever involved. Yeah, but I'm I not the one controlling the magic. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to worry about how magic works. Yeah, What's the magic. range? How far away? Can I do this right now? Well, that's now? what I meant was simpler, not easy. Like it's it's a simpler process, but it's a different set of okay, your, your problems might still be. Complex. Semantics. Semantics, Semantics matter. Alright, so there's bards. There are bards. Bards are like, they, they're they magical, but they, they get their magic through like storytelling and like singing. playing instruments or yeah. singing. Uh, some sort of arts, you would you'd say, is how they, they kind of influence the world around them is by using that type of magic. And they, they get some fun abilities. A lot of people think bards suck, but bards are great. Don't don't listen to them. Bards are awesome. Yeah, watch The Witcher if you don't like bards. Exactly. They've got the best bard in that. Yeah, bards are kind of like the that like they literally have an ability called jack of all trades, and that's what they are. Is like they're not they don't necessarily excel at one thing, but they can do basically everything at least average, if not better than average, which is pretty cool about bards. So you got bards. Uh, like you said, you talked about barbarians, uh, clerics. Would that be it? Let's go alphabetically just so I can remember <laughs> things. <laughs> Uh, clerics are like priests that devote themselves to gods and because of that the god in return gives them access to like magic and stuff like that and then they usually have like a divine domain that they they rule over so something like like they particularly are like involved with trickery or they're involved with uh, light or war and that's kind of like where their tenets come from and what how they worship and like half their abilities and stuff like that well and gods are treated differently in D&D right like they're deities it's almost like Poseidon and Zeus and like yep. the gods oversee the world but they're not like yeah exactly it's not like it's it's hard like they like a lot of people talk about this but it's hard to be an atheist in D&D because there's <laughs> there's actual like physical evidence around you that like these beings of higher power exist and so it's kind of hard to deny that that exists and so they actually have like a real life interaction with the world yeah uh, there's those pesky druids that class. Yep, druids are next. Those uh, are actually super cool. Druids are super cool. They they can be a little complex, but they're they're pretty fun. They're they're also magic casters, but they also have the ability to shape shift and change into beasts of various sorts. So if you want to just change into a lion, you can walk around as a lion, or if you want to <laughs> run on the back of a dragon as an elk, you can do that. <laughs> Did that? Been there, done that. <laughs> exactly. 
Uh, but yeah, that's kind of Druid's main thing. Uh, so fighter, fighter would is be it, next. Is that like a, a common class you would say? Like for I would a, say a most people person, like because like it, fighter. I understand fighter immediately when I hear it. Like some of these other words, like Druid. Like maybe you've heard the word Druid, but you don't exactly know what a Druid is. Like fighter, you're like, oh, somebody fights. You know, they probably use weapons and they fight things, and so it's probably the easiest to understand. I am a human fighter. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most common class player. Ready player yeah, according one. To, to the stats from D&D as far as I'm aware. It's human fighters. <laughs> basic. <laughs> basic. Uh, they may seem basic, and, and they are a good intro if you're like worried about playing for the first time, but like there are various ways to play the fighters. And with each of these classes, there's also what's called like a subclass or uh, like a pact or a domain, kind of depending on what class you're playing. But like with fighters, like... The I think it's the the champion is kind of like the the easy introduction into the game because it's not like you don't have to worry about a whole lot of new abilities you don't have to worry about a whole lot of rules but you still can have fun and like do smash things with your sword or whatever whereas like if you play a fighter as like a, uh, a battle master or like an arcane warrior like maybe you have a little bit more access to magic and so you can start figuring that out or if you're playing as a battle master like you have maneuvers that you can do in combat so you can like command your other players to uh, to act. Uh, outside of their turn and that kind of like develops a little more in, um what'd you call it more uh, i forgot the word i was going to use but essentially there's a little more interaction and a little more um it's not as basic in that way complexity complexity let's go with that yeah sure. that's probably what i was looking for <laughs> Uh, what's the next class? Fighter uh, Monk is next. See, you didn't. You say you didn't I, 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 know I, I, the classes. But... <laughs> Google. <laughs> <laughs> what is what is writing us all down? On I never hand? said you couldn't cheat yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on your pop quiz. That's fine. So Taryn, the Dragonborn. By the way, the guy who caused the avalanche was a Dragonborn. Yes, he was a Dragonborn. And he was a monk. Correct. Uh, yeah. So monks are like typical. What you'd think of monks, like they they're kind of like the meditative class but also they're very skilled in hand-to-hand -hand combat uh, some of them might not even use weapons um elements of dr strange almost yeah and, but they also get access to like key and stuff so they can uh like influence the the world around them based on like key if you if you understand what key is and stuff like that so it's like chi yes <laughs> very much or chakras chi. or chakras it's essentially stuff like that um Okay, cool. What's next? What, what's next? Ranger. Oh, you're so good. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> was it really Ranger? It's the one class I didn't play. Like I was, I was set to play this class. Yeah, I, I made, made you a Ranger, session. and then you got stuck in the snow. <laughs> and I do want to play it though one day. He's a fun character. Ranger sounds cool. Rangers are they're almost like a mix between I'd say like druids and fighters, based on that their the magic is like a little more nature based rather than deity based, um, but they still have like a little more fighting prowess like melee or ranged fighting most rangers you think of are using like bow and arrow like you think legolas that would probably be a person you would classify as a ranger i i think of aragorn because they call or, him yeah that is a ranger yeah, yeah, and lord of the rings yes it does that follow somewhat yeah along exactly. lord of the rings? it's uh it's you know they're they're prowess in combat but they have like the ability to track animals they have like a closer relationship with beasts and uh various other types of creatures around in the world they're able to, to track and stuff. Some, some magic. Yeah. That makes sense. Sorcerer next? No, dude. The new fun one, Rogue. I'm purposely, oh, obviously. I'm, I'm purposely skipping wow. a class, and I'll joke about it when we're done. <laughs> Are you really? Yeah. You'll see in a yeah, minute. Yeah, you <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and you'll get why. That's just a little side. Oh, I know which one you skipped. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Uh, well, rogue is super fun. I'm just putting that out there. Yes, rogues are awesome. Uh, they're the the sneaky type that you would imagine. They're the tip. They're typical criminal that lurks in the shadows. You don't have to be a criminal, though. A lot of people think like there's there's stereotypes that go along with the class, but you don't have to play into that stereotype, and that's what half the fun is sometimes. But they're the the sneaky ones that uh, they can like pick locks and disarm traps and uh, be good scouts and uh, just take people out before they even <laughs> know what hit them. Uh, assassins, thieves, whatever you wanna, whatever you wanna call them. Can you think of a good rogue in, uh, in Ooh, rogue like character. pop culture? Ooh. I was thinking uh, if you've seen the new Jumanji, there's like the horse thief. <laughs> you think I'm caught up on yeah. pop culture? Yeah, I know. Come most, on. most people haven't, so that's why I'm trying to think it's of like a good a spy. rogue. It's rogue. your spy character. Yeah, I mean if you. If you need a, if you think of it, you want to play a James Bond kind of dude where you can be a little James Bond's a good one. Yeah, where you want to be like charismatic y, yeah. yeah, you can infiltrate things. Yeah. Yeah, you're not like a big massive guy <laughs> that smashes. That's yeah. funny. And that's a, an example of like a rogue that you wouldn't really necessarily think of as a rogue initially because like it's not medieval. It's not, yeah. you know, the, the stereotypical, I got a dagger and I'm lurking in the shadows, but like it employs all those elements of like stilts and charm and stuff like that. So. Maybe Mission Impossible is a good example yeah. too. Yeah, stuff like that as well. Ethan Hunt. There you go. Ethan Hunt would be a, would be an excellent rogue. Back yeah. to your Wizarding World classes. <laughs> no, don't we miss one sorcerer? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's they're all the same. That's my. That's where I. Uh, they're not. That's the where I get. I know. Johnny. In my head, magic is magic. magic. This is where is I. Magic. This is where I fall out. Uh, sorcerers are those who are like naturally born with magical gifts, um, as they they either had some interaction with like a great being that gave them access to magic, or something happened to them that caused magic in their life. Their mom dipped him in the river sticks. Yeah. Is, this, type is thing. this more the, the, the traditional like Harry Potter magic that people think of where you go to school and you learn? Uh no, that would be more of wizard. That's where I always get confused. You mean wizard? Wizard what they uh, call them in wizard, Harry Potter. Wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> wizard is the one that's more learning and knowledge based where you have to like actually study to be able to be good. Uh sorcerers are like a natural innate born gifts. Did we have a character in our original campaign who played that a sorcerer? Uh, not in the original campaign. Lokar was a warlock. Oh, right, right, right. Because yeah, okay. a warlock, which is next, you make a pact. For yes, the... warlock are, are kind of like the the darker magic. It's more of like you make a pact with like, uh, typically it's a like an archfey, a demon, um, stuff like that. That kind of like, they in turn for like willing to serve or do things for them. They grant you access to some of their magical power and gifts. And so that's kind of like where the warlock comes in. It's typically seen as more of like a darker class that has. Uh, kind of like ties to like demons and stuff like that, but it's not necessarily played that way always. But it's 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 a fun class. Warlocks are pretty fun too. So I guess we only missed one, right? Well, exactly. just real quick uh, on on the wizard. So I played a wizard. Oh, They're pretty okay. fun, but you have a spell book and you're running around and you're just basically like a little Harry Potter. Witch exactly. or wizard. Yeah, wizard and sorcerer seem like they're <laughs> they're very similar, and they are in some ways. But like their their abilities vary. Like wizards, because they're knowledge based, they can continually add new spells that they find into their their repertoire. Whereas like sorcerers, it's whatever they're they're born with and kind of are, are learning along the way, more or less. Yeah. All right. Well, we missed one. I I had to like really <laughs> rack my brain. <laughs> I was gonna say like it's like I think you skipped. Skipped a button, but I don't, I don't know if he intentionally did that, so <laughs> right, I'm not going to say anything. Let's uh, hear about it. The good old paladins. Paladins. Uh, Man, those paladins. The, the funny thing is, because doing, doing research and watching videos, old because we play D&D 5th edition, correct? Correct. And it's 5E. 5E. Yeah. For so, shorthand. So there have been a lot of, uh, so there's been 
previous versions of this. And, and back then, uh, Paladins, I think it was like the third edition, when they were lawful good automatically, you couldn't do bad things around them. And I thought that's so annoying. Yep. So I was always <laughs> annoyed by Paladins. Right interesting the ability. Yeah. So like, if you're trying to rob someone and there's a Paladin next to you, you can't do it. If they, especially if they're lawful good. And then in one of our characters, one of our campaigns, we had a paladin, and I just and he was very much played to the role, which I love. If you're a, if you're gonna be that character, be that character. Mm-hmm. But I also like messing with someone like that. Like, oh, I gotta find an archer. So we always joke about paladins. And that's <laughs> I, why we we were teasing him by naming him last. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just a, a, a one more one more little jab at our our good buddy Chess. Exactly. Granted, I think our paladin has killed more beasts than anyone. He was the original tank, man. He normally has the killing blow. Powerful, yeah. I think he, we had one time, we were like, let's, we're, we gotta get out of here, we're gonna lose, and then he dealt half damage, just one attack. (laughs) And then we're like, alright, we can stay here. We can stay, we'll (laughs) we'll be fine. Ah, we're good. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then paladins are like the, like, divine warriors, more or less. They're they're like fighters, but they're still, they're they're like a fighter and a cleric combined, whereas they're, they still have that fighting, like, prowess, like, they usually want to be up in the, the fray of things, but they also worship a god, and kind of follow these tenets and beliefs and everything that they're kind of Templar keep them knights. on their road. Yes, they're, they're Templars is probably the best way to, to put that. When I was first looking at them, I'm like, oh, that seems like D&D Templar Knights. And I'm more reading, I'm like, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> too much work. <laughs> too much work but... <laughs> that's so much effort. All right, I think that's going to conclude this pa- this uh, portion of the cast. Um, so you have a good introduction. Now we're going to, in the next cast, we're going to introduce you into some more stories, but also the new world we're discovering. Which we're super excited about. Yeah. So we'll see yeah. how it goes. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll have an update for you, and we're planning on streaming it. So if you want to watch it, feel free. Our, our goal is to do this and then stream it live, so you get a chance to be like, "Hey, these guys are pathetic in real life." We'll see if it Very happens. Or awesome. Very well, both. You could be both, right? And we will do right? the Q and A that we posted on Insta. We got a lot of replies, so hopefully your question gets asked and, and answered. Question, questions. We'll find out. All right. See you guys. Have a good week. Bye. <laughs>